This is Live Well Talk on being a caregiver of a loved one with cancer. I'm Dr. Dustin Arnold, Chief Medical Officer at Union Point Health St. Luke's Hospital. A cancer diagnosis not only affects the patient, but also the loved ones. And today joining me uh, to discuss the burden and the perhaps labor of love uh, that can occur is Adrian Douglas, whose husband uh, had colon cancer at a young age. We'll talk about that. And joining me also is Nancy Isley, uh, a, a longtime associate of uh, the hospital and works over at the Cancer Center. Uh, Adrian, tell us about your husband, Zach. Um, so my husband, Zach, was diagnosed at 39 with stage four colon cancer. Um, you know, after months of being denied colonoscopies because he was too young. You know, only in your 30s, they were like, no, like, these are symptoms of like maybe like a hemorrhoid or like, right. you know, like a food allergy even. And so um, we ended up having to switch practitioners because Zach was in a lot of pain and he was like, there's something's not right. So we ended up finding a practitioner that finally sent him to a GI and that GI said, let's do a CAT scan. And that CAT scan was what showed that he had stage four colon cancer. And so... Yeah, basically, um, we fought colon cancer for two and a half years, and unfortunately, he passed away last April, but... I don't know how to say this. I mean, from a society standpoint, we don't do as good as we used to taking care of loved ones, because it's hard, Mm -hmm. you know, and two-income families, and it's, you know, you don't take grandma that's had a stroke and just move her in, and we're like, "That, that happened like when I was a little kid, right? You know, that's changed. Mm-hmm. I mean, it really has. So, you know, I can think of all the logistical burdens that it must be to care for a loved one. But it, but it, but I also imagine it is a labor of love to some degree. Yeah. And what did you learn about yourself along the way? I learned I had a lot more patience <laughs> than I thought that I did. Um, and I, I think I definitely learned how to deal with handling trauma as it comes. You know, like there'd be days where my husband had an allergic reaction to chemotherapy like all right let's go to the er or you know he's not feeling very well it's like okay i'll take the day off from work i hope you out there and so definitely learned that i was stronger than i thought that i was before i was much more patient than i thought that i was and if you love that person enough it's all worth it so would zach have expected you to care for my because my wife would probably just send me to hospice <laughs> if uh if i had a terminal illness she doesn't listen to these podcasts so i can say stuff like that <laughs> but uh, kidding of course but what'd you learn about zach what'd you, what was the one thing you took away from this man you loved that you learned about him he he was just so strong you know like i knew he was in a lot of pain i knew he was tired but he just kept so upbeat he was so like transparent about like how he was feeling but still managed to be the light of the room and and just keep his head up for everybody and I think that affected everybody around him like from you know his caregivers like me as well as his medical caregivers like those at Physicians Clinic of Iowa he was definitely an inspiration and very strong well I I think uh he's I think you're an inspiration and very strong as well I mean that's pretty easy obvious to tell now nancy 
was it Jerry Lewis telephone you'll never walk alone or what, what do you remember that what was the yes. song the song oh, you would yes. sing I know what and if I knew about. it I would start singing it yeah. right now and go into my next question but there are they're not alone there's services at the Helen G. Nassif Community Cancer Center. Can you tell yes. us about those? Well, it starts with um, when somebody comes to their very first oncology appointment. For my role as a social worker is, you know, very first appointment with the medical oncologist. I, I just want to interrupt right there, Nancy. You're a problem solver. I've known you a long time, and you solve <laughs> problems. I mean, you, you you might be a licensed social worker, but you, you get things done. Yes. Go ahead. So we, um, right away, I mean, I say, you know, meet met. Zach and Adrian, and that that's a hard day. And I remember how sick Zach was coming in that day. Mm-hmm. He was a sick, sick guy. And, you know, talking about getting a workup and getting treatment started as soon as we could in that for him. And um, how overwhelming for patients and their families. You know, one of the first things I do when I introduce them is I'm here for extra support for the patient and family. You know, we right. obviously want to provide great medical care, but we also want to make sure we're thinking about what you need as people. What can we do to walk alongside you each step of the way um, and help make a difference? And, and I was so equally for patients and families. And I think then to talk like with caregivers, it's not just the patient, you know, um, it's interesting. You talked about a labor of love on Adrian's part. Um, you could see the love in the room between Zach and Adrian. I mean, both of them. I mean, you just were like, okay, how can we help these two people? You know, it wasn't about helping Zach or Adrian because they're together in this and how to help the two of them wherever that journey led. It is, I mean, it is rewarding when you have great people, great patients you're taking care of that are appreciative and yeah. and it, you really do form a connection. I, mm-hmm. That's what yeah. keeps everybody coming back to this building and their clinics every day but what are there some other specific programs perhaps that the cancer center has to to help with individuals yes and their families so yes absolutely so we do some um things to kind of pair people together in a buddy system when when needed helping connect uh, you know patients and caregivers that became harder during covid um of course we had to get a little bit more creative but we also have specifically i mean we've just restarted those since covid now caregiver retreats um that we do um a couple times a year in conjunction with palliative care and with um, out at prairie woods and we've got one coming up um end of april again um but also, you know, meeting with a guy like Zach, he'll say, I'm just as worried about my wife, you know, as I am about me. So I'll often meet just separately with a family caregiver as well in that. I, you know, I, I, I not only just with doing these podcasts and talking about issues like this, but we're being in practice for 20 some odd years. People, the, 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 the not being alone is 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 the key i think to a lot of this you know i mean yeah. what what is the most you know the the most brutal punishment you can give someone in the law in the penal system is solitary confinement mm-hmm. you know yeah. solitary confinement that's the highest mm-hmm. pun that's the highest punishment and you see support groups and i really think it's just really comes down to that there's this innate human um feeling not to be alone to know that there are other people that are sharing with that adrian did you find any benefit from any sort of support group outside of the cancer center with other cancer families yeah um actually i think one of the biggest supports was finding 
social media groups. Um, I was 25 when Zach was diagnosed. And so there weren't a lot of younger caregivers out there. And so being able to find people around the world in different states as well, just, you know, who shared my story that I was able to, you know, message and say, are you feeling this way too? Am I crazy? Am I being dramatic? And, you know, they can reply with, no, no, you're totally fine and, and vice versa. So even though if you don't find anybody in like your immediate community, there's definitely people out there in the world. That's outstanding. Yeah, social media has changed. Uh, the, uh, the the World Wide Web mm-hmm. uh, has certainly changed that a lot. So Adrian, I think part of your legacy uh, or Zach's legacy is getting the word out that early colon can't early screening is important, particularly if there are symptoms. Mm-hmm. I mean that that you know that's even a little bit different. I mean, if you have symptoms, you gotta check, right? Yeah. You know. Um, now, would did he have? Would he qualify just to be screened sooner? Like, was there someone in the family that had family history? No. Okay. Unfortunately, right. not. And so it really came down to the symptoms. Yeah. But now, since he had colorectal cancer, like his siblings were able to get screened pretty easily. But right, yeah, because they have first degree relative. Okay, I, I think that to me the take home here is with Zach is that common things can happen at unusually young ages, J- just like a twenty five year old or thirty year old can present with a childhood illness, right? Mm-hmm. Just just because they're twenty five doesn't mean that it's not chicken pox, doesn't doesn't mean that it's not congenital heart disease. Likewise, I think you have to approach this that just because they're thirty nine, correct? Yeah. Zach was thirty nine. Doesn't mean that he can't have something that typically uh, older people get. Um it's a tough lesson to learn uh for for, for a physician, too, when you have a patient like that, and you constantly have to be thinking about it. So through this journey, uh, you learned a lot about yourself. What are, what's some advice you can give other listeners that are going through the same process? That at this point, they might feel they're alone. What advice do you give them? I would definitely say, it sounds really cliche, but take care of yourself. You cannot take care of somebody else if you are not taking care of yourself. I unfortunately made that mistake. I got severe caregiver burnout, but eventually I learned to ask for help to say, hey, I need to take a few hours to myself. Somebody drive my husband to chemotherapy today, or can somebody just, you know, it sounds like I'm babysitting him. Somebody watch my husband while I run to Target and blow off some steam. So definitely take care of yourself. Even if it's five minutes a day, take that time. Also reach out, like I said, social media or just finding a community around you. Find someone to talk to that shares your experiences because feeling alone can be a really, really big burden and it makes you kind of spiral even more. So, um, and also like ask, I we were able to ask Nancy for resources as well, you know, like with relationship problems or financial issues or just general questions your social worker is always there for you especially our problem solver nancy yeah (laughs) absolutely i I think that's such good affirmation to take care of yourself um you know sometimes in healthcare and other people use this analogy outside healthcare put the oxygen mask on you first in the airplane then the person that you're caring for next to you And I think that 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 
cliche or metaphor for for caregivers is important advice. Wouldn't you say, Nancy, in your experience? Yeah. And and it's hard because your instinct is to want to I want to be the one to take care of him. I want to be the, I want to be there with him. I'm, you know, I'm his wife. I'm, you know what, I want to be there. But the idea or feeling like, how can I worry about how much sleep I'm getting if he's going through all this? But you realize then that, wait a minute, I won't be able to keep taking care of him if I don't. Right. You know, sometimes we have that talk with families where they have an extended hospitalization and the the loved one wants to be there the whole time, which we encourage. Yeah. Uh, for patient advocacy and for continuity and et cetera. But you also have to say, you need to take care of yourself because when we're done with them, yeah. you're the one that is going to pick up the, the torch, so to speak. Yeah, so absolutely. That, that, is, that is outstanding advice. Uh, so take care of yourself and get an early colonoscopy if needed. Those are the two things you can tell us. Yeah. And that Nancy's a problem solver. And Nancy's a wonderful problem solver, <laughs> Isn't she, yes. though? Yes. <laughs> Nancy, the Cancer Center, who's eligible for these services uh, from your team at the NASF Community Cancer Center? So as a community cancer center, we serve anybody in the community, wherever they're receiving their health care, whether they're receiving their health care even um, here locally or, um, you know, in a different community. You live in this community, you're people we serve. And so... Our caregiver resources, for instance, are available for everybody. And we have people, um, you know, calling for either that one-on-one support, helping connect people with other caregivers or things like the caregiver retreat. So um, we very much pride ourselves on being just that, a resource for the community. Outstanding. It it is. I'm always, and I've said this in other podcasts, I'm always so proud of the... uh, the enthusiasm and the joy that the cancer center staff has for their work. I mean, it's not it's not a happy business. People have cancer, but every time we have a team member over for a podcast, it's always I've, I take some inspiration from it. Well, thank you. Um, you're welcome, Nancy Adrian. Uh, thank you for joining me uh, and sharing with our listeners about these valuable resources and uh, some some well. Uh, proven wisdom that I think you shared with us today, uh, Adrian. Once again, this is Nancy Isley, our oncology social worker at NASA Community Cancer Center, and Adrian Douglas, who worked closely with Nancy while serving as caregiver for her husband, Zach. To learn more about the resources available to cancer patients and caregivers at the NASA Community Cancer Center, call 319-558-4876 or visit communitycancercenter.org. Thank you for listening to Live Well Talk On. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your family, friends, neighbors, strangers about our podcast. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, or wherever you get your podcast. Until next time, be well.